All right, Justin. Yeah. Sing me a song that expresses your feelings with the Cowboys right now. I tried so hard, it got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. There you go. I actually thought that you'd just go, uh, man, I don't know. And <laughs> like, that wasn't even really it. I just wanted to jab you again because the Cowboys lost. That's all. <clears throat> um, No, my actual song for this episode is Justin. Sing me the spookiest song you know. The spookiest song I know. Spooky. Uh we'll go with the we'll go with the the classic. The Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It's the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. Yeah, it's the Monster Mash. There you go. Okay, Justin, that is not a spooky song. Well, yes, it might uh, be on theme, but it's not spooky. But you did the hand claps. I appreciate that. I'll give you a win. Oh, yeah. If you hadn't done the hand claps, I wouldn't have given it to you. But Damn. Whew. I appreciate that. Heather, what about you? The spookiest song. Okay. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. Five, six, something about a crucifix. And nine, ten, never sleep again. Something like that. All right. Well, on theme, you didn't sound as spooky as the little girls when you sang it. So it, yeah, was, it wasn't I spooky. I didn't know that was the requirement. It wasn't well, spooky. Okay. But in the context of when it's actually in the movies, it is spooky. So I'll give you credit for yeah. that one, too. That, that, that song is spooky. Like Thanks. <laughs> it's a good call. Even though, even though you didn't sound spooky singing it. I was having trouble remembering the lyrics to it, but <laughs> I do think it'd be funny if in the next movie they go five, six, something about a crucifix. <laughs> but yes, okay. Grab, grab a crucifix, that's what it is. Yeah. So we gave you enough time to Google it? Yes. Okay, good. But in the spirit of the song itself, it is spooky. So you will get that too. I was looking Excellent. for personally the the one I was looking for from you guys that I did not get as far as spooky songs go. I was looking for that one about like playing in Jesus's backyard and playing football and shit song creeps me out. Oh my gosh. It's the song I was looking for. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it's unsettling. It is, a, it is a pretty terrible song. It's unsettling. <laughs> but... That's all I'm saying. Every time I hear it, I get the chills and like not the good chills. I'm like, Ooh, no. Why would they sing that? It's a really, like, it's a super cheesy song. Yeah. No, no, creepy. Creepy song <laughs> is what it is. So, but you guys did get wins. See, can't say okay. either way, even with knowing the records and making up the rules as I go, then I am not kind and benevolent with my game. Mm. Now, both yes. of you will lose the next 25 of them, but... That sounds Just right. Just remember how kind of benevolent I was today. Every time you take the loss from this point on, let's keep the theme song. Hey, Senna fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Simma Slayers podcast. 
I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin, and tonight we are doing a special Halloween-themed episode of the podcast. Not technically about the series Halloween, but we are going to include one. We are doing two kind of, I don't want to say Halloween classics, but Halloween movies that are kind of remembered, if you will. Uh, I know a lot of people love Hocus Pocus, and we will be talking about that. And we are also talking about the one Halloween movie that does not feature Michael Myers with Halloween 3 season of The Witch. We will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with those movies. And we will do spoiler free, give our recommendations and scores, and then go into a more spoiler centric section. I think that is the first time in like the last like four episodes I haven't fucked up giving the whole thing. Like, I haven't forgotten nice. to say we're not going to do spoilers or whatever. Like, I think that's the first time I've done all that. It's probably because we won this time. <laughs> no. Maybe it's just because I am so kind of benevolent that I was kind of benevolent to my own mouth. There you and go. remember to say those things. That's acceptable. Or maybe it's because I was slightly blasphemous at the beginning. That always helps, too. So, I'll take it probably as the latter, just knowing myself. So, with this, we will start with... I don't know. Which one do you guys want to start with? Uh, I guess Halloween. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. actually going to say that, too. Okay, so we will be starting with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, Justin, had you seen this one before? No, this was my first time. Oh, damn. So I was going to actually use that as, like, who's going to go first was the one that hadn't seen it. So neither one of you have. So, but you had not seen Hocus Pocus, right? Until this time? Yeah. Okay. Hocus so we'll, we'll save you. Fine. We'll save that one for that one. So Heather, you start this one. What are your spoiler-free thoughts on this movie? I went really complicated in deciding this. Here we go. <laughs> well, yeah. Like like you said, this is the first time I had seen this Halloween movie, and it definitely is a completely different vibe than any of the ones with Michael Myers in it, which is probably by design. But it's. Uh, I mean, and it was made in the 80s, right? It was uh, back in 1982 is when this movie was made. So what I will say for this movie is that for it being a 1982 horror movie, it is it, it, it's not terrible. Um, it could be worse. I think obviously if it's a movie that came out now, it would definitely need to step up its game a little bit and its effects and its, you know, Things like that. But honestly, it's not that bad. Like, I think this movie gets a lot of flack, but it's really not all that bad. I'm not saying it was super intense or insanely scary. You know, it didn't give me nightmares. It didn't freak me out after I watched it or anything like that. But it is, I mean, the storyline isn't terrible. Um, the way the the story progresses is a little slow, I would say, but it's not all that bad. So I honestly, I think I just expected it to be way worse than it actually is. So honestly, yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly not nearly as bad as the things that I had heard about it. So I will give it that, um, again, yeah, the effects and everything, it's the eighties, so it's not going to be great, but the things that they did try to do with it, they, you know, I can see it being pretty like maybe at the time groundbreaking stuff for <laughs> what they did and how they kind of did some of the scenes that they showed with like gory, 
violent stuff, if you will, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, it's just a very like one of those where you kind of have to be paying attention the whole time to it because it's a lot of you just following along on this journey that these people have. Like it's not very dialogue heavy. So yeah, you really just kind of have to watch the actions happening on the screen. So, um, yeah, but I mean, otherwise it's, it's just fine. I don't think it's something I would probably just say, Oh, it needs to be on my watch list for horror movies every year or something, but it's just definitely better than I expected it to be when I watched it. Justin, what about you? All right. So yeah, this was also my first time seeing this movie. And um, now, even though it wasn't my first time watching the movie, I always knew that the movie kind of just had a reputation of being just kind of a disappointed follow up. And and I think that um, definitely a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that Michael Myers wasn't in this. And um, so I do get some of that, I'm sure, flack that it got whenever it was released and everything like that. And uh, and oddly enough, watching this, I just uh, I, I mean, I didn't walk away thinking that this is just like one of those just painfully bad, terrible movies. But it definitely didn't feel like anything from Halloween. It definitely feels like something completely different. It, I mean, if anything, it, it kind of felt like an episode of like some sort of horror series or something like that. I could totally see this being a Tales from the Crypt episode. Just a random episode about Halloween's coming up and there's this mystery that we have to unlock and then we get to the end and there's this crazy stuff that happens. Like it it feels like something like that. It just feels like it feels like like they were just going for something completely different. And I commend them for maybe trying to step outside the box and try something different. But in that same regard, I don't know if this movie realized any of the potential that it had. I think that uh, and I mean, we haven't gotten to spoilers yet, so I'll try to be as vague as I can. But I just think that this is just one of those movies that never quite reaches the potential of the story. I mean, there are some things in it and I, um, that, that I think are, are definitely some meaningful ideas and things that you could have expanded on. But ultimately, I feel like oh, it just falls flat for me. And I think that all the ideas that it tries to, I mean, there are a lot of ideas presented here, but I don't know if this film realizes any of those ideas. And it just kind of felt like it was one of those movies where it's just kind of, the narrative is just, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a horror movie? Does it want to be a mystery? Does it want to be something about consumerism? Does it want to be, I, I don't think this film him really fully realized itself. So what you kind of get is just kind of a, a mixed bag of scenes. And I don't know if it was ever really effective at any one thing that it was trying to do. 
So that that's kind of where I landed with it. I mean, I, I could definitely uh, understand at the time it being disappointed because, yeah, Michael Myers it isn't here. And, you know, people were just uh, are just such fans of him and people just really after two movies just wanted that character. But. Uh, but in the other regard, and I'm not really upset about it for that. I wasn't just sitting there going, where's Michael Myers? But I was kind of going, man, where's the suspense? Where's the, where's the, the craftiness with the camera? Where's the, um, where's the kind of compelling characters to that, 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 that kind of help drive this story? And I just think, those aspects were missing. Even the things that made Halloween good that have nothing to do with just Michael Myers as a character, I felt were missing from this. So, yeah, ultimately, that's uh, pretty much where I landed with this film. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. And I think it's funny what some of the things you guys alluded to, because I don't know if you guys know the actual history of this movie. And that's where I do become kind of conflicted. Uh, so with this, it was what John Carpenter who did Halloween. And when he envisioned the Halloween franchise, he didn't originally envision it to be a Michael Myers franchise. Michael Myers was supposed to be a one-off in the first movie. He meant the Halloween franchise and saga or series or whatever you want to call it to be kind of like what you were alluding to, Justin, with the Tales from the Crypt, but like an anthology of Halloween-themed horror movies, just horror okay. movies that take place on Halloween. So he meant the first movie, Halloween, with Michael Myers to take place then. Where it got fucked up is the studio made him make a Michael Myers movie for the second one, and it did not do as good as the first movie did because they rarely ever do. So he was able... Like he didn't direct this one, but he did produce it to to shift it to what he originally wanted for the third movie. So that's why you don't have Michael Myers in this is it was originally meant to just be a Halloween themed horror movie and then build from there. You would get a fourth one and a fifth one and they would all just be different movies that take place on Halloween. But because this one did even worse than the second one, they went, if we're doing another one, no, 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 Michael Myers will be back because Especially if you got to look in the 80s, no one's going to know that that's the plan, especially when you did Halloween 2 with Michael Myers. If this had been the original second movie, if this had been the original Halloween 2, I think it actually would have worked better and it probably would have been more positively received. And by that, I just mean it's a very standard fucking 80s horror film. So it wouldn't have been like box office gold but they would have just made some money on it and they would have made another one. You know what I mean? And it would probably wouldn't be received as harshly by critics and fans because that was the plan from the get go. I think this one is so harshly received because you do two movies with one character and then you get a third and all of a sudden he's gone. I mean, that's a dumb thing to do at that point. I mean, it's nowhere near as dumb as what Jason goes to hell where it's the ninth movie of a franchise and they go, you know what? Let's not put Jason really in this movie. I know technically he does appear, but you know what I mean? Like it's, that was even dumber. Cause that's the ninth one in a franchise. That's the least time you take a risk with your main character at that point. But I just think with this, 
that's where it got messed up is when it actually came out. I think if this movie was just called season of the witch, it was just a random eighties horror film. I think it'd just be one of those movies that would appear on fucking Halloween, uh, like marathons here and there, like just, you know, horror movies from the eighties, you know, that they do on like AMC every time it's Halloween or some shit. It'd just be one of those random ass movies that appears in there. And nobody would be offended it's on there, but nobody would either care that it's on there either. It would just be there. And you'd be like, oh, I remember when I watched this as a kid. Let's watch it again. And you'd be like, yeah, it's pretty bad. But you'd probably watch it again the next year for Halloween. You know, it's it's one of those really by the books, standard, completely unoffensive and but also uninnovative horror movies. It just exists to have people die is really the whole existence of this movie. And in the eighties, that's pretty much every horror movie existed to have people die. So it would have just been a stereotypical by the books, 80 horror eighties horror film. And that's where I have mixed feelings about this. It's not great. It's not good. It's, it's not terrible either. It's not terrible. It is a terrible third movie in the Halloween franchise. When you look at every, what, all like how many other movies of the Halloween franchise are there like nine. So now it becomes the infamous non Michael Myers Halloween movie. So yes, it is a terrible member of that franchise, but it is just a mediocre eighties horror film by the strictest of definitions, just utterly and completely and unequivocally mediocre. I mean, this is the Hansel and Gretel or Gretel and Hansel. Yeah. Cause that movie's backwards. So it's the Gretel and Hansel of early eighties horror movies. And I think that that's why it gets robbed though, because it's infamous for something that was intentional from the beginning. And just the studio, I think fucked it. I think if this was the second movie and even if this didn't do good, say this was the original Halloween two was this and it didn't do good. They could have said, fuck it. And then done the act. What ended up being Halloween two they could have just done that as Halloween three and then just kept the franchise going. I think they should have just tried to do John Carpenter's original vision for this and bailed and gone yeah. back to Michael Myers when that, if it didn't work. Cause that actually isn't a bad plan to just be like, you know, it's just random stuff all happening on Halloween, but just different stories every time. Um, I think that that's not a bad plan for a, you know, an idea. So. And that's, and that's why I think it's so funny that Justin just, more or less thought of it as an episode of something because like that was what it was actually kind of meant to be a movie episode of a Halloween theme series. Yeah. So like you, you're not wrong on mm. that, Justin. Okay. Like that was very much by design, uh, you know, and it's just one of those things that like, I kind of, it kind of makes you wonder where we, we could have gone. But like, I think one thing they fucked up on this, is why didn't they at least have one of the Halloween masks look like the Michael Michael Myers mask? That's true. Yeah. One of the masks should have looked like Michael Myers. Just saying. Because it's not like that Halloween. Cool. It's it's not like the Halloween movies don't exist in this universe. You see it on TV. They yeah. mention they're going to show the Halloween movie on TV in this movie. Perfect. Put the Michael Myers mask in here. And then you could have seen one kid walking around with the Michael Myers mask on. And it would have just been a nice little nod to it also. Acknowledge the fact that that mask is partially why Michael Myers is iconic. But I don't even, like, it's it's, it's just it fails like that. And then there's so many other times 
where this movie, I, I do agree with you, Justin, where it didn't really kind of fully realize an idea like, and we'll get, we'll get more into it in details because like there are certain elements in here that are kind of cool, but like in the movie, it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I can't wait to see what they do with it. And then they don't, they never follow through. Like they give you solid premise after solid premise after solid premise. And all you get is no payoff, no payoff, no payoff. But I mean, and like I said, that sounds like a huge negative, but at the same time to me, I'm like, that is so eighties to do because everybody was on cocaine. Like they were just, (laughs) they just had a billion thoughts. None of them were complete thoughts, but I mean, this movie feels like it was written in a hotel after like an eight day Coke bender. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and this is going to be slightly spoilery, but it's not really, it's just like, there's a scene where a bunch of creepy crawlies of all sorts like ooze out of a person. Like it starts with like crickets and then you end up with like worms and then it ends up with like full blown actual snakes are coming out of this person. Yeah. You can't tell me that was not imagined after doing a nine foot pile of Coke. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> because like that was actually a really kind of cool scene. But then once again, like me and Justin said, it never really happens again. And you're just like, oh, that was it. And like, it's just, it's disappointing in that way. And, and I guess where the other side of it that's disappointing is like, if you're going to be that type of movie, you need to have some bomb ass kill scenes. (laughs) I mean, I know Friday the 13th three is considered relatively bad, but they had a 3D scene of Jason shooting somebody in the head with a harpoon gun and taking their <laughs> eyeball out. That, especially at that time, that was some serious fucking innovation. Right. And I mean, like I said, the craziest death in this movie, I, I guess would be to me at least melting into creepy crawlies. But yeah. it was, it worked for like the 30 seconds that it was. But at the same time, if I'm like making a slasher film now and I'm like, man, I want some really cool death scenes in this. I'm not putting melting into creepy crawlies or anything close to that in my movie. I might have somebody getting harpooned in the head. I might try to see if I can re like re envision that scene. I'm not going to try to re envision creepy crawlies, though. I'm just not, especially crickets. Like I get that they're bugs, but they're still crickets. Crickets are just other bugs food. Like you buy crickets to feed spiders and tarantulas and scorpions and like all these like carnivorous type of bugs. Like you buy crickets to feed them. So like ultimately that's like if somebody melted the like chickens, like I'd be freaked out. Don't get me wrong. Cause somebody just melted into chickens, but ultimately, and I know chickens can be like, you know, wiry and all, and they, you know, they can like scratch you with talons and shit. But ultimately, I'm still not scared of a chicken because if a chicken's attacking me, I will fucking kick it. So, like, I'm not scared of crickets. Well, I'd be freaked out that somebody's melting in front of me and turning into crickets. I still would just be like, oh, well, it's still crickets. I can just step on them. And even if they do land on me, they can literally do nothing to harm me because they are crickets. I mean, crickets are so unscary. That there is a main Disney character that is a cricket. <laughs> that's, like, that's true. I mean, they could have at least been bees. 
or wasps or spiders or something. It was crickets. So, I mean, it just like, while it was like the kind of the coolest thing in this movie is still disappointing. Like it's ultimately still not that scary. Um, I mean, I guess this is up because I'm like really beating around the bush of wanting to say more. So I'm done with this part. Uh, so recommendations and scores. Uh, see, is what Heather started this one and then went to Justin. So I guess Justin's turn, right? It started with you, yeah, Heather. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Justin, recommendation and score. All right. Um, man, I. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think I, I honestly don't think I'm going to recommend this because, I mean, you kind of just said it right there. It's it's not scary enough, man. I think that if you're looking for a Halloween movie that a Halloween theme movie and you want jump scares and you want to be like horrified and creeped out, I just don't know if that's what this is to me this felt more like a mystery type of movie. It felt more like a whodunit mystery. And yeah, there are some, I guess you could say, quote unquote, scary images, but all of the things that make Halloween are those movies good, like building the tension and all of those different things. And like you said, just the, 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 the types of kills and things like that, that, that's not really what this movie is. It's a, I swear, that's just the best way I can describe it. It's a murder mystery. I, I, I don't really feel like it's really, uh, uh, as much of a horror movie as it, thinks it is i think it thinks it is but i don't see enough of those elements to really make it that so i just don't want somebody to pick this for the halloween lineup and just fall asleep on it or wonder where do the kills come in or wondering why it doesn't feel like a slasher or why it doesn't feel like a horror movie in that sense. So I can't really recommend it for that. I mean, I think that it may be if you like mystery movies or if you're just one of those people like me who hadn't seen this, but you were curious, maybe you're a completionist and you're trying to just watch all of the movies in the Halloween series, then maybe, yeah, uh, check it out so you could complete the series so you can know what happened. But in the spirit of Halloween, I just, uh, and the fact that this is supposed to be like a scary movie, I just don't know that it is. So yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I guess I will, um, yeah, I will give my score. Um, I'm going to go with, I mean, really I'm mixed on it. So I'm going to go 50, but it's going to get about three points lower because I just really wasn't, it, it didn't scare me, man. You know, it was fine, but it didn't scare me. It didn't do anything that wowed me in any kind of way. So, yeah. So we're going 47, uh, annoying <laughs> songs that you got to listen to when you have on your Halloween mask out of a hundred. Heather, your turn. Yeah, I agree mostly with um, what Jason was saying. And and it's interesting, too, Jason, because you said it seems more like a murder mystery. Technically, I mean, this is classified as a horror mystery sci-fi movie. 
So yeah, it's kind of got a, a little bit of different mixed elements of what it is. And you're right. It's not the slasher, you know, scary and that type of way sort of movie. And I, it's like I was saying earlier, it's definitely a better movie than I expected it to be, but that's not, it's still not good. <laughs> like it's better than I expected, but it is still not like a good movie, really. Not terrible, just it's not something that should be on your list of, oh, it's one of the all time scariest movies and it's like a classic in the sense of you can't not see it. Um, and it's funny too, because I was going to use that same term, that completionist term, you know, if you're a completionist and you just have to see all of the Halloween movies. Yeah. That's the only time I would really recommend it. Otherwise, not really. Cause I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it keeps you interested enough to want to know like what's going to happen and if they're going to figure out what's going on and who these people are and things like that, that are murdering people. But, um, it's, it's just not one of those where it, it it's not elevated above any other type of movie like that that I can think of. So um, not really. I don't really recommend it. But I will say don't go into it thinking it's the most terrible thing you'll ever see because, I mean, it's certainly better than Catwoman. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there's you just got to see what perspective you're looking at the movie from. But as far as like Halloween movies itself, definitely it's not up there at all. But, you know, you could definitely do worse, I suppose. Um, that being said, my score, I will give it, um, I'll give it 40 guys being crushed by a car moving at a very slow pace out of 100. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that car was so slow. I know. <laughs> um. I guess I disagree with you guys. I do recommend this as a not necessarily just for completionist purposes. I recommend it because it's just so fucking mediocre. It's just one of those movies that it's fucking <laughs> Halloween. Put it on. Who cares? You don't have to pay attention. I didn't say that. But you can put it on your TV. You know, watch it while you're out and just have it on in the background while you're passing out candy or some shit. Like, who cares? Just have it on. Like, have it on while you're doing your Halloween costume to go to a party later. Not this year, but maybe next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just have it on while you're doing something, and it's fine. Have it on while you're watching TikTok videos. Who cares? Just, I don't know. Like, I, because I don't, it's, it's just too mediocre for me not to recommend it. Because I've recommended watching bad shit. So, I can't not recommend this because it's mediocre. I just think it's infamously bad for the wrong reasons. And yeah. I just don't think it's as bad as it's considered, but either way, um, for me, my score, I will give it just 50, like 50, three masks is not enough to have a grand scheme using masks out of a hundred. Okay. Yeah. I think the that big, was unexpected. Yeah. The big problem is just three masks. Like, <laughs> they're not going to be the most popular masks in the world if you only got three of them just saying <laughs> um so spoilers yeah. yeah okay spoilers this to me has one of the weirdest sex scenes in horror movie horror movie history <laughs> like they go from barely knowing each other to they're just investigating how this woman's father died to just 
She is seducing them and they fuck. And then, and this to me is the weirdest part of this sex scene, is after they fuck and she's like, yeah, you want to go again? And he's like, how old are you? He then worries after they fucked. Yeah. (laughs) He then worries about how old she is. And then I would be even more worried at that point because she doesn't actually tell him. She just says, I'm older than I look. That's not a motherfucking answer. (laughs) Right. This is the 80s. I don't know anybody's age because I think that guy is supposed to be like in his 30s. He looks like he's, I don't know, 65 to me. But (laughs) so to to me, he's like a math teacher. Yeah. And I don't. That woman doesn't look like she's older than Jamie Lee Curtis in the first movie. And she was supposed to be like 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. So she's just, she could be saying, I, I'm older than I look. Okay, you could look 16. That still means you're 17 and it's still illegal. Like, right. I mean, there were, a t- like, especially back then, there were a ton of people that played high schoolers and quote unquote, or quote unquote high schoolers in movies that were in their thirties. So they looked like they were in their thirties and they were playing high school kids. I mean, I'm just saying the way they portrayed ages back then, she could have been 15 (laughs) like, and it still would have been bad, but it was just so weird. She's just like, I'm older than I look. And then he's like, checks out. We're fucking again. (laughs) I just, I don't understand the, 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 how that dynamic happened. I just, I don't remember a scene in this movie where it went like, they are so entwined in this investigation right? that they are just yeah. emotionally invested in each other at that point, or just even zero physically invested. Well, yeah. I wouldn't even say it was zero to 100. It was just, it was nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden it was fucking. So like zero to a hundred implied that it escalated at some point. It would, it it have to at least increase from speed from zero to a hundred. Whereas this movie kind of just like teleported to fucking. It was like they were in the land of not fucking and then teleported in the blink of an eye to the land of fucking. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, it was almost like the editor just forgot where that part went. Like yeah. <laughs> that should have been later. Well, it's like but the, he accidentally put it towards the beginning. Well, it's like the director <laughs> and everybody like they were sitting around and they're like, wait, where's the footage of them like? you know, having a connection with each other in any way, shape or form, other than the fact of they are confused by this mystery. And they went, man, I know we filmed it. And they were like, where the fuck is that footage though? And like, man, I guess we lost it. Oh, well keep going. Like it was just so random. Like, and it was just one of those scenes. It's like, it's one of the scenes where they literally went, nah, man, this is an eighties horror film. We need some fucking, you better put it in there. And they did. It made zero fucking sense in anything, but they did it. Right. And like everything about that, like even even though there wasn't really any actual graphic nudity in the scene that kind of like like preludes this. That's not what I was trying to say, but is before this where she's getting out of the shower. And so she puts on the tiniest towel in the history of towels and it not be considered a hand towel and then rushes over to the bed while still wet to wrap herself up in the blanket to warm herself up. I'm like, bitch, you're still wet. You're just getting the blanket wet. Yeah, that was puzzling. I went, huh? (laughs) I I think I just went, huh, out loud. I'm like, no, (laughs) nobody in the history of ever has actually done that. Like they went, 
let me put this towel on just to cover myself till I get to my blanket so I can dry off under the warmth of my covers? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, this was the 80s. They were probably doing a lot of coke. It made perfect sense to them. But as somebody in the non-mainlining coke era of existence, it just doesn't quite, you know, connect. And I mean, I guess the next thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the death scenes in this movie and how just utterly perplexing they were. I mean, the first one we really get was the robot guy getting crushed by a car. I'm like, so this motherfucker, it turns out, is a robot. And he got killed by a car going, what, a one one hundredth of a mile of an hour? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real, though. I mean, we watched this car in real time travel like, I don't know, six feet. And I mean, what? It took, what, seven, eight hours? (laughs) I mean... That part of the like that car was going so fucking slow <laughs> mm-hmm. that I feel like that car was the inspiration for the movie Midsummer. Oh. <laughs> nice, because it was just <laughs> so slow and just so meandering. I've never, I never knew a vehicle could meander, <laughs> but that car did. That car lollygagged its way into accidentally killing this guy. <laughs> there were so many cuts of him, of him looking and seeing it coming. It was going <laughs> so slow. I mean, honestly, okay. I'm confused how this robot did not choke this guy to death. Because what to literally choke somebody completely to death. Would take what about five minutes, roughly, give or take. Yeah, roughly five. <laughs> he was choking him for seven weeks while this car just, I don't know, was blown through the, with the wind toward him. Right. That plastic bag that's blowing in the wind in American Beauty moved faster than this fucking car did (laughs) and somehow he did not kill the guy as he (laughs) choked him for eight years he was being choked for eight years and he still was not dead and this car hits this robot and then the way he died like the way he died i don't even think video game enemies die like that like the car collides with his shoulder and it makes this noise like Kesselikov or something and he and he like he jerks up and then slumps down it was just the weirdest looking death it was just I was so strange <laughs> right and it just to me it just gives more credence to this coke theory i mean i'm starting to wonder well dude they were probably so hyped up on coke that they thought that car was fast as fuck (laughs) and it's because they were moving as fast as fuck it's like one of those scenes where like you know when you see somebody in tv watching tennis like tennis tennis where their head's going back and forth so it's like they were filming that scene And they were all hopped up on coke and their heads were just going back and forth between the guy and the car so fast, just back and forth, back and forth, back back and forth, that they thought that car was blazing. I mean, they thought that car was hitting 88 miles an hour and about to teleport through time. And it wasn't. (laughs) I mean, that robot 
could have just slapped that guy across the face, stood up, jogged around the car for a few laps, opened the car door, put on the parking brake, shut the car door, and gone back to kill the guy. And that would have taken less time than it took that car to move six inches. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, I honestly thought that that car was moving so slow that it was actually going uphill. (laughs) And like, that's the first death in this movie is that at least I will get say this. At least they set the bar super low with their first one. Right. I say that yet. I actually think the next death in this movie is even worse because the next death in this movie is the guy that was getting choked out where a different robot guy comes to kill him. And I know that they say in the movie, they say that he gets his head crushed in or like skull crushed. I think that's what they say. Skull crushed. Didn't it actually look like the guy just pulled his nose till it dislocated and walked away? Yeah. He just, yeah. Broke his nose. That guy was literally just trying to do the, I got your nose gag, but like actually tried to do it (laughs) and gave up and walked away. They're saying, His skull was crushed. His nose was out. Literally nothing was crushed. By definition, nothing was crushed. They just pulled his nose. I mean, it seemed like he was trying to suffocate him. And then once he was suffocated, broke his nose. That's what it was looking like to me. Well, see, I didn't even take it as suffocation as much. He was just covering his mouth to stop the guy from screaming because the guy was pulling his nose. Mm. But like it literally looked like the movie was like the the guy that got choked and was in the hospital went, you know what? While I'm in the hospital, I want some plastic surgery. Give me an Owen Wilson nose. And that that guy was the doctor and came in and gave him an Owen Wilson nose. That's it. That's literally what the scene was. And somehow <laughs> that man was dead. And that was even more perplexing to me because I just, True. I don't know what actually happened. Like the way the movie described that scene and what I saw were two different things. I kind of feel like they filmed a different scene also and that they lost it too. I feel like they filmed a version of that scene where they do just like crush his head completely like an Oberon Martell and the mountain just crushing his skull. And then when they were editing, they went, fuck, we don't have that scene. Nah, just use that other take where he pulls his nose, but then they didn't change any of the other dialogue. And that was just so weird to me. I mean, I know like the next death scene is I think the the weird drunk in the town or whatever the fuck they're in is when he gets his head pulled off like that looked terrible. That looked like garbage. What was supposed to be his like muscle and sinew and like flesh was just red construction paper. (laughs) But but at least they did whenever they did the 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 distant shot of it. They at least had like blood squirting out of his neck. At least. Mm-hmm. And at least whenever they made the sound effects of whenever he threw the head, it did sound a little squishy. It made blood squishy noises. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. They were just limited by budget, but they tried. They did their best. The two before this, they did not. But they actually tried on this one. They were just limited. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But then like the next death scene was when that woman got laser bolted in the face which that looked cool Mm -hmm. i liked the outcome of it i liked everything about it 
I mean, other than the fact that it was just like this tiny little circuit board that somehow shot a laser beam. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. Cool. It was the early 80s. Nobody knew anything about electronics like as a mass, you know, people just they were like, oh, circuit boards. That's some technology shit right there. I mean, that's like that's like for like most of the 2000s when any time a movie had like robots or anything, they had to say what an EMP was because just nobody really knew what it was. So every time they had an EMP in a movie, they had to be like, oh, it's an electromagnetic pulse. It fries all electronics. It's the same concept. It's just like, oh, look at circuits. That's technology shit. So, like, I'll give them that. But then it was, I just, then it got weird with the fucking little bug crawling out of her mouth, which I guess that was a bee or something. I don't fucking know what kind of bug that was. I thought maybe it was a bee, but I could be wrong. I've got no idea. I think they should have just left it as the bitch got laser blast in the face. That would have been fine. Yeah, and that, honestly, that, that, like you said, that didn't look bad. <laughs> like, if for the time, anyway, it probably was like, whoa, that's the craziest thing. Yeah, it it would have been fine. But then, like, the next death scene's that little kid that gets melted into creepy crawlies, which I guess that was kind of cool, except for the fact that I guess the mom just dies of a heart attack. I guess. And I'm like, come on, that's so lame. You can't have a horror movie and have somebody die of a heart attack. That's lame. But they just, the funny thing is, like, right before that, they just seem so unconcerned at what's happening. They're just like, are you okay? <laughs> and they just watch him melt. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, she's like, oh, heart attack. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, like that's the difference between 80s parenting and now parenting. Like in the 80s, right. apparently when you just see your kid collapse on the ground, you're just like, eh, nothing to worry about yet. And then you right. go, then you see a bunch of crickets and you're just like, huh, that's odd. He might let's not, not be okay. Let's not be hasty about it, though. but then once you see a snake coming out of your kid you go all right i'm alarmed now right yeah and it's like full-blown like rattlesnakes come out of this kid (laughs) yeah but like the mom just has a heart attack which come on that's just a huge cop out if you have anybody in a horror film die of a heart attack and then then the dad dies of snake bites (laughs) i'm just like what the fuck is this because he was just standing there watching (laughs) that was it and, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I I know Justin, like, grew up in, in, in the desert and everything. Like, I was always taught that, like, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, you got, like, four hours to get medical attention. Yeah. Especially if it's yeah. on your leg. You got four hours. Like, it's going to suck. You need medical attention. But you get bit on the leg or, the like, the hand or arm or something, you got four hours. Like, a chest bite or a thigh bite would be more serious due to the blood vessels and whatnots. But, yeah. Like, rule of thumb was, like, four hours. Man, he got bit and fucking died in, like, 29 seconds. I mean, that was some, like, black mamba shit right there. Like, that four-step snake. Like, you get bit, take four steps, and die type shit. And, like, I get it. It's a movie, so it's just, like, uh, who fucking cares? Just put a snake in there, you know? Because nobody actually cares about, like, species and whether or not you die from that snake. It's the same with, like, movie scorpions, you ever notice movie scorpions are always those big black scary looking motherfuckers because like visually yes they're scary as fuck in all actuality not really poisonous like you get stung by one of those guys and it's like eh, take a benadryl you'll be fine but they look scary it's the same principle it's like and eh, just put a snake in there and what like and obviously they didn't put an actual rattlesnake in the scene but like 
you just hear the rattle noise because it's like, oh, that's a dangerous snake. Just hear a rattle. And it's just, it's just weird. And then like, but nothing ever comes again because it doesn't happen again. Like I'm assuming, I guess all the scientist guys that get laser beamed later in the movie were all robots, I guess, because none of them melted when they got laser beamed. And so like, I don't know. That was just like a cheap cop out to me. I mean, I guess it saves on the budget. I, I guess it saves on the creepy crawly budget because you only needed them for the one scene. But I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to say that that's what these laser bolts do. And then we don't see it ever again in this movie. We see a ton more laser bolts. We see no more people melting. And that's weird. Right. And then like, so all that shit happens because they're Irish and Stonehenge was like a Celtic witch thing and they needed sacrifices. That was the most confusing explanation of anything ever. Yeah. Like that was such a weird thing to be like, yeah, we did all this so we could eventually do a mass sacrifice of children. What? Like just (laughs) what? Like, honestly, I think the coolest thing would have been is if these masks didn't turn them to magical creepy crawlies if this mask just made them killers, I think it would have been way cooler if they everybody puts on these masks and oh, then they yeah. start playing the song and these kids just like go ape shit and kill their parents. Oh, God, that would have been, been cool. <laughs> like, yeah, because then you actually have it slightly tie into the other movies in the franchise because then it's like these masks and this whole thing turns them into like little mini Michael Myers. Yep, that would have been good. Yeah. But no, it was all dumb. And then, yeah. so the, and then the next death scene, because like, let's just assume those are all robots. So I don't count robotic death scenes because who gives a fuck? They're robots. But so then the next death scene is just the old man. So his death scene is just, I don't know, him disappearing into Stonehenge. So what? <laughs> like, there's just what? Like, he didn't even have all of Stonehenge. He just had like one block. It's just so that was just weird. And then, like, so then the next death scene is the fact that you find out that his girlfriend got replaced with a robot, and so she attacks him. Why wouldn't the robot try to stop him from ruining the plan? Right. It makes no sense for her to be complicit in the plan and then try to kill him. Yeah. That makes no sense. I get it. It was supposed to be just like, oh, no, she's a robot now. I get it. I get it. You know? It's like, oh, look, it's the whole, it it really is like the whole, oh, we shot him. He's dead. Oh, no, he just popped back up. It's this movie's version of that. He thought they, they thought that they had completed part of the mission and that they were relatively safe. So now you needed the next threat. I get it. But it's dumb. Like, it it feels like work. Yeah. Because like you said, all of those other robots were relentless attackers. So... Yeah, it totally felt like something the script needed, but it wasn't anything that robot would do, you know? I mean, that, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. like say Good this call. was a James Bond movie. Let's say he's with the girl and all this stuff, all this stuff, and they go and they beat the villain. Like, they kill the villain. Say James Bond kills the villain. And then, like, the next scene, they're, like, riding on a boat in the Caribbean. Then all of a sudden, she attacks him, and she's like, ha-ha, I got you right where I want you, James Bond. I was here to help my father's plan all along. And Mm -hmm. you killed my father. Like, no, she would have stopped him from killing him. (laughs) Right. She wouldn't turn later and go, ha ha. All I care about is my father's plan. And that'll still happen because he's dead. 
Like what? It would make no sense. It makes no sense to have the turn then. But then like, I'm actually fine with the end of this movie where he beats her, which also, also there was a really weird scene for me in this. And I think it's just the way they shot it, like the camera angles. So like whatever he knocks off her head and then like goes back into the car and then just the solo arm attacks him, which also that robot is obsessed with trying to choke this guy. No other attacks. Right. It's just nothing but oh jokes. My gosh. But so like whenever he then like stops the single arm from attacking him and then he gets out of the car and it's now the headless armless like or one arm missing and headless robot attacking him and it like tries to go up around his neck and then he kind of like swats the hand away. It looks like that robot at the like the next incident is going to grab his dick because <laughs> that arm goes straight from trying to grab his like neck to grabbing low. And then it just like mm-hmm. he like beats it off. It is like that's a really weird thing for me to say at that time. <laughs> but he goes to you know fend it off from grabbing his dick or whatever. But like that's what it looked like. It's just like grabbing his neck, and it's like, well, I can't get his neck. Grabbing his dick, then it was just so weird the way they filmed that. And like I understand that's not what it was or anything like that. It's just that's insanely what it looked like to me, and was just weird. But. I did like the way this movie ended. I liked with him being like trying to stop it, trying to stop it and like him succeeding kind of, but then wasn't able to finish saving it. So the anybody that's watching that channel would still have the sacrifice happen. Like the, the children would melt or whatever. And I liked that element of it because those were some of the funnest things about like, are you afraid of the dark or tales from the crypt or Twilight Zone or Outer Limits were those episodes where like the good guy succeeded and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden at the end, they find out it wasn't. They found out they still lost. And I always liked those episodes. I liked it. I know it's cheap. I know it's dumb. I know it's cliche as fuck, but I just love it. And I just love the idea that all of that happens and like, you know, cause back then there were only like three channels on your TV. So if you get two of them, you stop two thirds of it right there. But like, I like the idea that like he stopped it and stopped on the next one and the third one. So theoretically, if kids are sitting there watching it to like watch the giveaway, they go, Oh, this one ended. And they would have gone like, like, Oh, that's weird. And they would have gone to the next channel. They're like, Oh, this one's stuck too. And then they still would have gone to the third one where it still was playing out. So it could still affect so many more children than just like, say, a third. And he just has to watch it. And while he's just watching this channel and nothing's happening to him, he knows what that he knows what it means is happening to all these kids that are watching it. Like he knows what's happening to them without actually seeing it happen to them, let alone his own actual children, which it's most likely happening to. I love that idea. I Well, I know that sounds really fucked up. But I just love the fact that he watches in utter helplessness that just thousands and thousands of kids are going to die. That still sounds fucked up that I said I love that. But still, I love that he's helpless in that moment. I think that is so cool. And I think maybe that's why it does get slightly redeemed for me at the end. Just because it's just this utterly bumbling movie that ends on such a fucking down note 
I love yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't like tie it up in a little bow. It still just ended with like, well, yeah, that's I mean, this guy lost apparently who was going to be his next ex-wife and, <laughs> you know, his kids and just all these people die. I just think that that's such a cool way to end it. I think horror movies that end on down notes, it's just always more fun. I mean, like, what was it uh, at the end of Friday the 13th when Jason pops out of the water, grabs the lady in the boat? That's such a cool way to end the movie. Love it. And it's a down note, you know? So it's just. Yeah. Or like the girl at the end of, I know Justin doesn't like this movie, but at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses, where she thinks she's survived everything. And then she just ends up in Captain Spaulding's car. That's so cool. Just love it. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say about this. Somebody else go. Because Justin. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of the things that you said are uh, things or things that I wanted to mention or that I uh, agree with. And yeah, um, I mean, there's not uh, a lot to add from what you said. Um, It's just, you know, just things, I guess I'll just comment on just some of the things at the end. Uh, I I just, yeah, like that whole explanation for why this was happening. Yeah, that definitely could have been better executed because the way that it was described, it was so quick and it didn't really give me an understanding of this person. Okay. So you, you, you start this company, you amass all of this wealth, all of these Halloween's pass and you're amassing this wealth and you're selling these masks, you're building this, you know, you've got this reputation as just one of the most successful, you're building these robots. And all of that is just so this one Halloween, you can kill all these people or have the, the, the children be the, the sacrifices. And then what after that, was it only, were you just trying to do it once? Were you trying to re- repeat this every year? And, you were somehow not going to get caught after this happened the first time or you you know, I don't know. His plan was just very weird other than I just want these kids to be sacrificed because it brings back some of the original uh, meaning and tradition of Halloween. I get that part. And I do kind of like that idea. And that's what I mean by just nothing was fully realized. I, I, do kind of like that idea. A guy trying to, a guy with roots in this stuff, with Celtic roots in this stuff, is trying to uh, do something that the original that the original Halloween was about. He's trying to fulfill that, that mission of blood and sacrifice and everything like that. That's not a terrible idea. But when you think about the logistics of it, and the fact that this guy built this empire just to do this this one time, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it it doesn't it, it doesn't just all add up. Why build? I mean, all these robots, all these things for this. And I don't know, man, it, that, that just seems like a lot to go through to 
kill a bunch of kids. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you would think that maybe something like, I don't know, triggered explosives or just something. I don't know. Just this elaborate plan of I got to get a piece of the stone hinge and then it's going to melt you. But bugs are going to come out and attack the other people around. I don't know. That just seems really it's all just so that that's extremely elaborate for a plan that took him two sentences to explain right there at the end. So, yeah, man, I just don't think that that was fully realized or they really thought about or even just like that fa- that 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 family that was the victims where we got to see kind of the effectiveness of the mask. Even that was an odd choice because that was your best salesman. He had sold all of these masks and he had amassed this reputation as like your top, your best salesman. He was reputable, everything like that. All I kept thinking was why kill this guy? Like, aren't you going to need him next year (laughs) for the next (laughs) Halloween sacrifices or whatever justin Justin, they explained that in the movie that's because mr cochran was also a practical joker oh (laughs) he was like ha, got him (laughs) got him okay he's a he's the joker got it but you know it's just things like that where it's like you could have captured anybody off the street and just done that if you wanted to show the effectiveness of that mask but i don't know i just feel like your your best foot soldier your best guy who's in the town selling the mask and stuff like that it just seems like that person would be a little more useful and that would be the person that you would need trying to down talk people once you know you killed all these people so you know i think What they needed to do was whenever we got to this explanation, there needed to be a reason why this was happening one time. And there needed to be a reason for us to understand why he went through so much trouble to do it this way. Why did it need to be done this way? Had he tried other things and it hadn't worked out. So this was just his best way to do this. Like we just needed to understand more and it just wasn't. And then when you think about the rest of the plan and how it goes, it's just all kind of silly, you know, but, uh, but to what Sterling was saying, um, that happens at the very end. Yeah, I do get what you're saying about that ending. And that is the, again, the reason why it felt like something out of tales from the crypt to me or something like that, because tales from the crypt did that a lot too. You know, there would, you'd get to the end of the episode and then something would happen that where the guy, the person would think that they kind of overcame the situation, but then there was this deeper meaning or something happens that kind of ties in with everything and nope you didn't actually escape this situation and I I do like endings like that and and I did uh, appreciate that but again that's kind of what gave me those uh tales from the crypt vibes but yeah but other than that um the the last thing I'll say about it I guess this is more of a gripe than anything but just I just don't know if like especially with the killing or just like the suspense man like 
I mean, none of that was there in this. It, the suspense morph was just kind of like, well, who, I wonder who did this or what's happening with this, you know, it was more about, I guess, unraveling the mystery in that sense. But the tension that you get from wondering where the stalker is going to be, wondering where kind of the next kill is going to come from and different things like that. You, you just didn't really see any of those elements in this. And I just wish there had been more of that and maybe by nature of what it is they couldn't do that maybe the idea was well we can't really have that we have to do it this way you know the only way it makes sense is if you're trying to figure it out and then you get it uh at the end so maybe they just thought this was the better strategy but yeah i think that that also kind of goes into the audience disappointment at the time that this was released. So not only did it not have Michael Myers, it didn't feel like anything from those previous Michael Myers either. It didn't feel like it was trying to kind of get you with those jump scares and scare you in that way. And then when you get to the end, it also kind of ends on a downer. So, you know, if you think about, and even though we kind of like that now, but we come from a more progressive time where this has been done a lot and we've seen this before, but you got to think about the audience at the time. Okay. So I sit through this thing. It says it's Halloween three. I get no Michael Myers. It's not a scary movie I get to the end I don't really get an explanation that makes much sense and then it ends on a downer the good guy I've been following this whole time doesn't even get to win and yeah I think it just now hit me that when you add all of that up you kind of understand why it got the reception that it did at the time that's fair Heather yeah and something Sterling something you said earlier was that if they had just called this season of the witch i think that that would have had more appeal to what this movie actually was about um so yeah i do agree with that because yeah i mean it's it's one of those where and something jason just said too which is i totally agree with is there's no like suspense of oh where is this guy what's going to happen next who's going to get it who's going to live who's going to die like there was just none of that type of horror suspense element to it um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because most of what my complaints would have been were already kind of discussed, but kind of just to go back over some of the, <laughs> some of the items, like with the slow rolling car situation, <laughs> um, while well, that was just like insanity. Also, the guy who was being choked was like really bad at looking like he was being choked. Like it, it looked like as slow as that car was hitting the guy, that's about as like gently as the robot was actually choking this guy. You know, like he was just like there and then he was kind of just like wiggling a little bit. Like you see him like that's supposed to be his struggle being strangled is him just like kind of wiggling his feet <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it just did not look realistic at all. But um the the only one I think that did actually that I didn't really have a problem with with how they did it was the the lady from the lab or whatever that got the drill to the eye or whatever that was. But I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, that one. I mean, and they didn't show anything, but at the same time, like it was like a little bit more of a believable kill. You know, it didn't say like, oh, that that looked stupid or something like, you know, it didn't bother me as much as some of these other ones did. but. But also to go back to um, like when this 
the main girl in this movie when she's kind of first on the scene is when you know they find her dad in that room or whatever and the cops are still like investigating what's going on they just like freely let her walk into that room like (laughs) she's just like this is my dad and they're like whoa you shouldn't be here and then she's like but it's my dad and they're like oh all right like like while they're still investigating they just don't even throw her out or say listen you gotta wait for us like we're not gonna cover the body just come on in and see your dad's broken face or whatever like they just don't even it looks like they didn't even like make an effort to try and like stop her from going in this crime scene you know but um yeah i just think a lot of the things with the with that girl with the main girl she was everything felt so random with her. Like you're right with the sex scenes and everything, but also, yeah, even at the end of the movie, just out of nowhere, you know, she's just helping him this whole time, helping him along. And then suddenly no explanation, no anything. She just suddenly is bad. (laughs) Like just again, the zero to a hundred type of mentality with that whole thing with her. And um, yeah. And then as many times as this guy like tried to fend off this robot person, how many times did she get back up and try to choke him again? Like three or four times. Three times. It was three times total. It was once in the car, once with the solo arm, and then once with the arm attached to the body. And I'm just like, how many times are they going to have this like fake out? She's not actually dead. She's coming back. Like it was just an overkill of doing that with that scene. So, um, but yeah, and then also the ex-wife that he keeps talking to on the phone, just the absolute worst. Like, she's just so, everything is a complaint, and like, she's not even actually listening to anything he's saying, and so she's just like this unrealistic, like, character that's just like, you know, even when he's like, oh, I, I can't be there because I'm investigating a crime, and she's like, well, was it an accident? Like, just <laughs> didn't even care, like what the cause or what the problem actually was. She was just very annoying. But, um, but I do, I, I will say that I do agree about the ending as well, where, um, you know, he's just kind of like, there's that little glimmer of hope because he sees that the stations are finally kind of shutting this thing down. And then just right at the last minute, it just doesn't happen in time. Like, it's just like, it's so close, but not quite, kind of thing which you do still see in horror movies and i do like that so they did do that ending well the ending did redeem the whole you know twist of the girl being a robot situation so um i think the way that they ended it kind of made up for that and yeah and i I just like how (laughs) when they're in the little place with all the robots and they get these the little chips or the circuits whatever those things are this the whole box of them and he just throws them and they just somehow perfectly fall onto the people they need to and like <laughs> just everybody but the one guy just the one guy did not get hit by any of these coins flying around and like and i'm also just like why would you take the time to just like make sure you pour the box out and scatter it like just pour them out onto them and just throw the box like just he's like very carefully you know making sure that he scatters them all over and i'm like i don't know it was just very funny to me but um yeah i just there there's obviously there's a lot of issues with this movie 
Um, which is why I say I don't necessarily recommend it because it's not great in any sort of way, but it does have some good elements. It had a lot of elements that could have like, they had potential to be really good things in this movie. And they were just kind of okay things because of the rest of the movie. But yeah, I mean, kind of, it's really just the kills and the whole, like the things that they try to do to make you just be freaked out by these things when, yeah, it's it's really just more of like, yeah, you're you're probably just on a bad, you know, drug trip or something, and that's the only reason you would be freaked out by this movie. <laughs> like there's just nothing really terrifying in and of itself about this. But again, the premise of it, the idea of it is not a bad idea. I mean, the idea and the story itself has potential. So um, it's a very, you know, it's very conflicting in a lot of ways, but overall, I just, I don't think that it really, um, it didn't live up to the potential that it really could have been even back in the day, you know, but, um, but yeah, that's the last thing I'll say about it. Oh boy. So hocus pocus. Let's go for it. Yeah. All right, Justin, you're starting this one. Spoiler free thoughts on hocus pocus. First time watcher. Yep. I'm a first time watcher. So, so yeah. I, and this is a movie that I've, um, always kind of known about. I've always kind of known about Hocus Pocus because you couldn't just help, uh, growing up and, uh, always around this time, especially during Halloween and everything that this is a movie that comes on or I've heard people constantly quoting this movie and stuff like that. And I know that this movie has um, kind of that cult following and it's considered like one of those essential kind of must-see Halloween movies and stuff like that. And watching it, I, I don't know. I feel like it's in a lot of ways kind of I have similar feelings that that I did with uh Halloween 3 where in the sense that it's not bad I don't think it's a bad film I I don't think but I don't think it's a great film either I feel like the film itself and the story and what happens it's just a you know it's a straightforward children's story but I do think that what this has over something like, which it's weird to compare the two movies, but if this has anything over Halloween three, I did find the performances entertaining. And I feel like that has to be why so many people like this, because it's the witches, man. This this really lives and breathes on those three witches. And I really think them together whenever they weren't on the screen it's not as it's very hard to care about what's happening you know or to you know i mean and and the other actors and actresses in this they're not bad i kind of like the talking cat what was his name carnivorous what's his name binks binks <laughs> i was close. close yeah yeah it was pretty close Just I, I kinda, vastly I, different de definitions of the word close <laughs> I, you know i didn't mind i didn't mind the talking cat and, and the zombie was kind of funny too i liked how like how he had kind of had an attitude i thought that was kind of funny too i like when he uh oh I, i'm I, I guess i should i could keep that in the spoiler section yeah well this ain't really that ain't really much of a spoiler. i'm just gonna say it i like when he first woke up 
out of the graveyard and he looked at his tombstone and he realized <laughs> that yeah. he was a zombie and he was kind of like, oh, damn it. I actually laughed at that. I thought that was kind of funny. That dude was kind of cool. But uh, Billy. Yeah, I think his name was Billy, the zombie. But yeah, man, I really think that this just has entertaining performances. I thought that, honestly, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and what's, uh, oh man, I, I always stumble with her last name. Kathy, is it Nahimi? Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, no, Jimmy. Okay, so you actually say the J. Cool. But yeah, they were really good in this man. Like I liked them. They were, they were, they were just, you could just tell that they were having fun with this, that they weren't taking it too serious. And they just, they just really had a presence and it was kind of like the, you know, they really drive this when they're on the screen. I, it was, it, it was a fun to watch. Uh, other than that though, like I said, the story is pretty straightforward and, um, you know, you, you pretty much know what's going to happen here. There aren't any surprises or anything like that. And there's definitely some cheesy stuff that happens in this or stuff where they try to get a laugh out of you and you're like, eh, okay. Um, um, Another thing I didn't know, the little girl and that and that little girl was cute. The the little sister, I forget her name. Um but I, I forget what her uh, the actress's name, but um Dora and she's Birch. not on my Okay, her. Yeah. She was I, I, I liked her too. I thought that she was that was a cute kid. And uh also I didn't know that <laughs> that another word for breast was Yabos. That was new to me. Um, <laughs> but now I, I know that now. So, uh, yeah, there is that. But yeah, when she was like, you got those yabos. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I knew what she meant, but I was like, I have never heard that term in my life. So that, that must be something that I, I think people quote or something that must come from this movie. I imagine there are people that use yeah, that word anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. I imagine people use that word and they reference this because I was like, Yabos? And then I, I had to look it up to find out if it was just from this or was that a real word? So I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, but 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 that was kind of a funny scene. So yeah, man. Um, overall, it's just a fun kids movie, man. Nothing too offensive, nothing too crazy, and it has some fun scenes. And I thought it had some good performances overall. Heather, what about you? Yeah, definitely see where this is a. I mean, it's definitely just a family Halloween movie. You know, it's. It's definitely more geared towards kids and families, you know, and I think just in general, for me, I've always just been more on the end of Halloween movies that are like scary, you know, horror movies on Halloween. That's always just kind of been my preference. And I think that might be why this isn't one of those like necessity type of Halloween movies for me. Even as a kid, I was just like, you know, it was a fine movie and I kind of just stand by that now where there's nothing specifically with it that I'm like, oh, I hate this or something. It's just, you know, it's um, it's just okay. You know, I, I I think that it is hyped up too much. I think it is definitely overrated. Sorry, Cine fans who love this movie. But it's, I think it is an overrated movie. I see why it's like a fun, like cute little, you know, 
whatever type of Halloween movie for, for kids and things like that. But just to watch it now as an adult, maybe it's kind of like the Goonies thing where it's like, you know, I didn't latch onto it too much as a child. So I'm not latching onto it too much now as an adult where I get the nostalgia of it or I'm just like, oh, I remember this and it was so hilarious, you know, and I obviously wasn't somebody who watched it a ton as a kid. I have only seen it maybe a couple of times before now. But yeah, it's it's really it's just one of those where I get why, you know, I get why people like it to an extent. And I get the whole, you know, it's a good it's a good family Halloween movie. It is it would probably be the top pick for me if I was into like doing the whole, you know, let's do a family friendly Halloween movie. This would probably be one on that list for sure. But it's it's just more okay for me. Um, I do agree, Justin. I think the witches are definitely the best thing about this. They do have a presence, especially Bette Midler. I think she yeah. kind of is a scene stealer in this movie, which yeah. kind of makes sense. It's Bette Midler. But um, I think she was just kind of the best part of this movie, probably. Kathy and Jimmy, I like her a lot too, and Sarah Jessica Parker. I think they're all great together playing the witches and playing the sisters like they're really good together they play off of each other very well and they are the thing that makes this movie as good as it is for sure so um yeah that being said though beyond that i don't really feel like you're missing much if you if you haven't seen it so um it's just okay for me but i i get and understand people that like it but for me i'm just kind of it's okay so I do think this is interesting uh, because I kind of feel the same way I feel I felt about Goonies as I do this movie. And I do think it's funny, like seeing Justin's reactions to each movie differently because of the nostalgia he had with you had with Goonies versus this, because I think both <laughs> movies have the same, same nostalgia for people that saw them when they were younger. My problem with this is, and I do give this movie a slight pass, though, because I was not a fan of this movie as a kid, not a fan of this movie now. It's whatever. But I do see in this movie, though, why people like this as a very family friendly, like horror esque type of movie. The family like friendliness of this movie, I get more than what you were saying about Goonies. I don't get it there. I just think the movie's dumb. Whereas with this, it's not my cup of tea, but I see it. I see why people are attracted to this movie. But I still, I just don't like it. I don't. I think it's dumb. I think it takes so very long for us to get to anything with the actual witches in it. And when we do, it's... I get that, that it's like you get that aspect of the like the out of placeness of them and everything like that. But then they seem to l like latch on to what's going on very quickly. Like within that one night of them being around, they apparently understand the lingo in which police pull over cars. Like when Winifred's next to the car when they're driving away, she's like, pull over. Let me see your driving permit and shit like that. Like. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's just a joke for people to go, oh, ha, you know, he's a kid, driver's licenses, whatever. But it's still just dumb when considering 
they were freaked out by the idea of a road earlier in the same movie. <laughs> like they were freaked out by the idea of a bus earlier in this movie. So like just the idea that they're that adaptable and they can make those jokes is just dumb. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't have them able to make modern jokes and also be afraid of modern times at the same time. And this movie is just kind of always in the middle with that. I think as far as the villains go, they make incredibly stupid choices at the end of this movie, just so we can get the end of this movie. I just, it just, it never works. I don't connect with them. And I, like, like Justin was saying, this movie really, really hinges on you kind of essentially liking the villains of this movie. You have to like the witches to like this movie. None of the main characters or the good characters of the children really matter outside of maybe Danny and her connections with Binks. Maybe. And that's just being incredibly forgiving of everything. Like the kids don't matter. If you don't connect with the witches, I don't feel like you connect with this movie. And I don't know. I just, it's just, it's hokey at the wrong times and it's pokey at the wrong times. <laughs> and, but I just, like I said, I do get it though. Because it, it weirdly has horror elements to it. Like Justin said, you get a zombie, you get witches, you get like the danger of those and all this other stuff, but it's still family friendly. It still kind of works in that realm. So you get these like, you know, you get this dark magic, you get these witches and you get supernatural elements and monsters and all this shit, but it still st stays perfectly acceptable for children to watch. So I guess that's like, that is the quote unquote, no pun intended magic of this movie. It just, like I said, doesn't connect with me on any level. So I don't like it at all. Uh, recommendations and scores. Yep. Yes. I was like, I thought I did a really good job of like pitching up my voice at the end to emphasize that it was a question. And then you guys didn't answer. And I was like, oh no. I think, I think we were waiting for the other to answer first. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, Heather, go. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I recommend like if you've never seen it, it's worth watching at least once. Um, probably not a repeat one, at least not for me. But if you have kids or if you're into family Halloween movies more so, um, sure. Why not? It's probably up there on one of the better like family friendly Halloween movies. So why not? Otherwise, it's just kind of mediocre for me. Um, so I really just kind of only recommend it if it's your wheelhouse to like family friendly Halloween movies. <laughs> um, my score for it will be, I'm pretty much down the middle. Um, I'll say, um, 50 guys trying to give a girl a phone number in a smooth way and then it backfiring out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? All right. So, yeah, I don't have the connection, the, the childhood connection with this movie, like like something like I did with the Goonies or anything like that. But um, I do see the appeal of it. And I was entertained by the, the witches. I wouldn't say that I connected with them, but I was entertained by the performances. I thought they were spirited and I thought they were funny sometimes. And I don't know. I just, I'd like them and I feel like they're memorable. And I imagine that when you talk to people about this movie, that's what they remember. Like, 
as far as is this a must-see classic or something like that, now, if that's what they're saying about it, I don't quite understand that. Like, I wouldn't call this a classic or an innovator of certain cinema elements or just anything necessarily like that. I, I don't know. Um so maybe I could see a little bit of what Heather's saying as far as it being overrated somewhat in that regard, maybe, um, if that's what people are referring to it as. But I do think that the witches are memorable. And I think that they do some memorable things, you know, then there's the big concert and that spell on you song and stuff. Like, I could imagine there are scenes mm-hmm. with them where people will take that and they remember that as a kid they remember lines from that they 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 remember growing up watching that and i you know and i think that's what solidifies this is those three are memorable and yeah like you said just led by Bette Midler and all of that stuff and really this movie is just a silly kids movie it's not anything I'm going to recommend to somebody looking for something of substance so no my meat and potatoes people I'm not going to recommend this uh, this is not a ha ha scary Halloween like, like Heather said it really just has one purpose and that's just to be a silly family fun movie so I'm not going to expect it to be anything more than that. And I'm not going to act like it's anything outside of that either. So, yeah, you know, I recommend that if you want uh, that kind of family fun kind of stuff. Yeah, cool. Why not? It's perfectly acceptable to watch with your family. And it's in the spirit of a lot of Halloween stuff. There's trick or treaters and people running around and it's got a Halloween feel to it. It's got some memorable scenes. it's, It's a good Halloween movie. I would chalk it up there. I understand why it's in that lineup with the Charlie Browns and all of that other stuff that you see around Halloween time. So, yeah, it it, it deserves a spot. It deserves to be there, along with all those other family seasonal movies like this. Uh, with that being said, I, 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 I think I can go higher than 50 because I really enjoyed the three ladies. So I'll go 65 uh, 65 black cats trying to get you to not open up and mess with the magic eyeball book out of a hundred. I mean, I, to me though, Justin, I would consider that a connection with the characters. Cause you at least liked them. Like to me, that's what I mean by connection. You at least like the characters in some way, shape or form. Whereas I don't. So, Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. And it really is. It's just one of those things like, could I recommend this movie? Sure. I mean, especially if you want a Halloween movie, you can share with your kids, but I'm not going to lie. If you're the type of person that would share this movie with your kids. You've already seen it. You already, you've already done it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. I mean, I'm just kind of feel like I'm like recommending this movie to like the void because it's one of those things you've either seen or you haven't. Like, well, obviously that's how movies work, but (laughs) I just kind of feel like if you haven't seen it by now, is there really a way of recommending this to you? Right. Like if you have kids, sure. Watch it with them. It's fine. But then if you don't and you haven't seen this movie yet outside of recording a podcast to talk about this movie, there's no point in watching it ever. (laughs) 
yeah. you're fine not knowing any of the quote unquote references to this movie. So it, it's, you know, but like I said, if you, or if you have kids and all this other stuff, I'm just sure you've already shown it to them. Like I just, nobody I know with kids wouldn't have shown their kids Hocus Pocus already. Cause they were the type of people that would love Hocus Pocus. So that's a good point. Yeah. I just, I, I would recommend it, I guess. I just don't know to who, because, yeah. Um, As far as the score goes, I am more in the Heather camp of things. Like I said, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it, but I understand the appeal of it to a degree. Like, not enough that I agree with any of the appeal, but I see it. I see why people would want to watch it. So for that, I would give it a 50 and it would be 50. The only reason why the word yabos is used to use like to reference breasts is because of Hocus Pocus out of 100. So spoilers. Let's do it. Yabos. Well, that was odd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so weird. Why would you like tell your sister that you like another girl's yabos? Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, that's super Especially weird. Especially <laughs> your child's sister. She's a child and he's just like sitting around, I guess at some point just going, man, I love me some Allison Yabos. Look at the Yabos. Which maybe it's just me, but she didn't really have like big ones or anything. Yeah, I don't know. She's a quote unquote child in this movie, too. I mean, I know she was like a teen, but whatever. Still, it's weird. It's still weird either way. Like. That young girl was weirdly obsessed with the fact that her brother was a virgin. She was obsessed with it. Yeah. And she was like dogging him for it too. That little girl's like eight and she's like, yeah, my brother likes your yabos and my brother's never fucked before. Isn't he a loser? Like, it's so weird. Like, I don't know, just like her dynamic when it came to every time she said the word virgin, that little girl, that little Thora Birch, every time she said virgin, she said it like a dirty word. <laughs> like she just knows what that is. Yep. She's just like, yeah, my brother Max, the virgin. And you're just like, why? Why is the little girl so just like negative about her just teenage brother's lack of fucking. <laughs> she says it. She says virgin in this movie, I think, more than anybody else. She says virgin in this movie more than Madonna's like a virgin. <laughs> and like I said, she says it like it's a dirty word every time. And then, like I said, she's just sitting there and she's like, yeah, Allison, my brother thinks about your yabos all the time. But don't worry about him. He's a virgin. Oh, it's just so weird. And like, also, like the end of this movie, I hate more than anything. Because these these witches are just like, we need children. We need them to suck this potion down because we need to live forever. Right now. It's do or die right now. We have to do this with some children. And then they go, but fuck these 50 kids outside our house right now. No, no, no. It has to be those kids. Right. Like, what kind of shit is that? 
You drink the <laughs> potion, you suck some kid souls up, and then you have the rest of eternity to get those fucking kids. Like, yeah. come the fuck on. That is yeah. the stupidest plan in the history of ever. And it's just, it makes just so little sense to have the one sister, like fucking Pied Piper, those kids to the house to just go, we don't give a fuck. Like, they could have at least had that Max and them stole the last bit of their potion. And, like, they tried to break the bottle, but it's enchanted. So they knew they had to, like, run away with it just to keep them away. Give the witches a reason to chase those kids that actually matters other than that little girl called Winifred Ugly. Like, let's be real. That's some petty shit. You've got, like... 45 minutes to make sure you don't die forever and you're going to be that fucking petty come the fuck on like that was just so dumb and i don't really understand the exact end of the movie did winifred turn to stone because she was on consecrated ground or because of the whole daylight thing because the other two sisters just exploded because of deadlight or daylight but winifred turned to stone and if that's the case that she yeah. turns to stone because she's on consecrated ground, why is there a weird 15 second delay of like consecrated ground? So it's like, which is touching consecrated ground. Is that like a weird five second rule? Like it's like the germs don't jump on your food. If you drop it for five seconds, is it the same kind of principle? The consecrated ground didn't affect you for 15 seconds to like give you time to maybe just in case get off of it in case it was an accident. But like she turns to stone and all this other stuff. And also that middle sister, like, so the one that's not Winifred and the one that's not Sarah Jessica Parker, the one that's the other one, she's completely non-existent for almost the entire end quote unquote battle scene. Mm-hmm. She is just a non-factor whatsoever until Winifred has Sam and they like grab her vacuum extent, like extension cord thing. But like, she does nothing at all for the rest of that battle. Like she's just not there. It's almost like that actress couldn't be on set for like those days. And they went, fuck, well, we need her for the very end. Can you be on set for four? Like there's like 45 minutes. And she's like, yeah, I can. And showed up just to film herself on the vacuum for that little bit and die. But it's just so weird that she's just completely gone. And then on top of that, like, it's also just weird. The kid, like the, the Binks, real name is just weird. Thackeray. It just sounds like somebody with a lisp saying Zachary. It's just so weird. And I don't like it. I don't like that somebody wrote the name Thackeray down and somebody just (laughs) accepted that as the actual name. Like, why didn't anybody go, you mean Zachary? Like, it's just dumb. And I don't like it. And on top of that, they kill a fucking cat in this movie. That's never cool. I don't give a fuck if it wasn't an actual cat. They still kill the cat. I don't like it. That's some bullshit. Now I'm trying to think who goes. Heather, go. Yeah, I thought at the very least if the cat would still like live and then it could be the little girl's pet, you know, or something. You should have done that. But Well, see, on top of that, though, like whenever they kill the cat, the cat died before the witches died. And like earlier, we see the cat get run over and reinflate itself within like 10 seconds, like total. Right. So that cat should have came back to life before that and then should have died again when the witches died. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, I do, I do think that 
I, I get what you're saying with a lot of that stuff. And I also just, I have to mention that like, I really don't like, um, like when Thackeray and his sister are reunited, it bothers me that the very last thing that you hear Thackeray say is, oh, I had to wait 600 years for a virgin to light a candle. Like that is just the weirdest line to end on in a movie. Like it's just really weird. Like, sorry, it took so long. I had to wait for a virgin to light a candle for 600 years. It was just very weird to me. Their obsession in general with you know virgins in this movie is just very strange um, for a child's movie. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that I think probably like the best scene of this whole movie is the one where Bette Midler is singing. I think that that actually was kind of like a fun little scene. And that was kind of the the energy that they were going for with this entire movie. Like, I think that that's what they wanted this entire movie to be. And they only got moments of that. Unfortunately, uh, it just I think that the yeah, the the energy they wanted for the entire movie was only in parts of it. So I, I feel like that's kind of the movie's biggest problem. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that the yeah, the characters for them being like, you know, wise old witches or whatever they're supposed to be. They're just dumb. Like, <laughs> and maybe they weren't supposed to be wise. Cause I mean, they come right in with the characters kind of being really ditzy and whatever, but you know, they just, for these villains that you're supposed to be really like worried about and everything, they're just kind of, they're just silly. But again, it is a kid's movie, so I can be forgiving of that. Um, yeah, I, I do like the I do like the brother sister dynamic for the most part, minus what you said about her weird obsession with his virginity, because <laughs> that is very strange. Um, I do like their dynamic as brother and sister. They they seem like believable brother and sister for the most part in the movie, which I did like. Um, the the uh, zombie guy that you were talking about, Justin, he was good too. I did like him, and. Um, yeah, I, I do think that, I mean, it's there, like I said, there's nothing specifically that's just like, this is outright just ridiculous, whatever, that makes me not like the movie. It's just one of those that doesn't grab, it doesn't grab me the way other movies do or other Halloween movies do or family movies do even. Like, it's just really, you know, and, and that is a big thing that I think the connection with this movie, with your childhood or the connection that you have with the characters in the movie that really does play a big part in whether you like a movie like this or not. And I, I did like the witches. Like I liked their, their characters were enjoyable to watch. They were entertaining. But aside from that, I don't have anything in this movie that is relatable for me in any sort of way. Um, so I think that's really, it's honestly just a matter of preference, I think, with this movie. But it's not like it did a million things wrong that make you think, well, this is stupid. I can't believe anyone would like it. So I feel like Sterling and I are, this is probably the most on the same page with a movie we've ever been. (laughs) But I think, yeah, it's just very much like I get why people do like it. I just don't, I, I just don't have a specific love for this movie like other people but it is very iconic i mean you see people or i've seen people that will for halloween they'll dress up like the sisters in the movie and you know immediately that that's what that is you know it's very iconic in a lot of ways 
for being such a mediocre movie, which I guess maybe that happens more often than you would think. But, um, but all of that to say, like, there's, I mean, there's some weird things with just kind of the dialogue in this movie and like trying to make jokes that aren't actually all that funny. But then there are moments when you're, you are amused by it. Um, and I just think that, that it, it just needed to be a little bit more consistent in that way to be something that was like, man, this movie is funnier than I thought it was going to be. It's, you know, that kind of thing. So I honestly, it's just not consistently funny and entertaining throughout. It's just kind of, you know, but it is a kid's story. So you get the adventure side of it, kind of like with Goonies, where, you know, you, these kids are on an adventure and they save the day and all of that. And that's what you want in a movie like this. So if that's all you're looking for, then great. So it's it's just more of the consistency of, you know, entertainment value in it, I suppose. So other than things that's already been said, that's really the only thing I have to add to my thoughts on this one. Justin, what about you? Okay. So I definitely see what some of you guys were saying with some of that as far as the witches and um, I guess just how idiotic they seemed with some of the decisions they made. But uh, just to kind of give my impression of the witches, I just kind of felt like they were silly throughout. And I felt like that tone with them was pretty consistent. Now, to be fair, when um, not knowing anything about this, when I would see previews and different things like that for this movie, I didn't even know that the witches were actually the villains, you know, because you would see previews of this and I would always see Bette Midler singing or the witches saying something funny or one of them hitting each other. So, I don't even think I had the impression that they were even the bad guys in this. So whenever the, the film starts and everything and they're establishing the characters, I went, oh, OK, so they are actually the antagonist in this. And it pretty much plays out with a silly tone throughout. They're not the kind of villains I think that you are intimidated by or need to take seriously or anything like that. that they start off and you can tell that Bette Midler is kind of the competent one. She's the one that understands how to read the book and do the spells. She's the most powerful one. You know, she's throwing good guys around and she's doing magic spells and binding people and stuff. So clearly she is the most powerful, competent witch. And then the other two sisters have abilities, but they're airheads. And I think that that tone with them is consistent throughout and I had a good time with it and I think that yeah if you had just kept uh, doing that same gag over and over and you just kept kind of playing beating a dead horse and if it felt like it was just too similar every scene was just pretty much the same I say something smart you guys do something stupid yeah I think I definitely would have enjoyed it less but I thought that they did enough funny stuff throughout to where it, it, it was appealing and I um I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the dynamic of those three together. Um, 
And just to point out some specific scenes with it, like the scene where uh, Bette Midler <laughs> and um, the other witch, the one that could sniff the people out, that scene um, where they're trying to talk to each other and they're near like this gate and they can't get in. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do now that they're um, on back in the world in the 90s. And while they're discussing this plan, Sarah Jessica Parker is in the background and she's still on the fence yelling, trying to, I guess, climb over the fence or trying to like, or she's going, let me in. And she's like yelling random things. And the other two had already looked at the the destination had it already walked away and she's still over there in her own kind of world. And then one of them, I think comedically grabs her and goes, man, get over here. And she just is lost in her own world or in that final thought that they had about the fence over there. So like, that was funny. And, and and it's not funny because, oh, that's just such a clever joke or anything. I think it's just funny because of Sarah Jessica Parker's acting. Like, and I think that that's really what I enjoyed about the three of them. It wasn't the lines or anything, but it was just how they reacted off of each other, how you would get um, a, a certain look from Bette Mittler or how one of them would look sad when something mean was said to him, but then immediately they'd pop up with a smile like, okay, that was sad, but okay, now I'm back to normal. Like it, it was almost like they had short term memory or they were just so incompetent that nothing really, no idea or anything good or bad really stuck with them for too long because their attention was already taken by something else. So I just liked that dynamic. And I think that all three of them really brought an energy to the role. And that's really what just made it entertaining for me. It was their energy. It felt like they were having fun with this and not taking it too seriously. So I didn't, you know, I think that uh, that's fair to say. So I, I didn't take them seriously or expect spellbounding. And I guess that's a pun intended spellbounding type of moves from them or strategy. I think really it was a case of what you see is what you got. And they remained that consistent throughout. Uh, but also, I will um, agree with you, Sterling, on the part that you were talking about, the whole Pied Piper thing with them, with Sarah Jessica Parker singing and leading the kids there. I do agree that they really didn't follow through with that. And it's weird because what you actually were saying actually does play out. They, they did say before they even did it, okay, we're going to bring all these kids over to this compound so that way we have kids to feed off of. So that very much was the plan. They even said that in the narrative. But yeah, I guess in the fight and everything, maybe you could say they were distracted or maybe you could say they forgot, but it did seem like they just forgot about all the kids out there and were just focused on our main character kids that were right there. So yeah, I agree. I think that you do have a point with that. They just seem to have forgotten that they had all these other kids out there. And yeah, given the time limit that they were under, We've got to do this before the sun comes up. Yeah, if you're going to put that sense of urgency on it, it was weird that they forgot about all their their plan B that was just sitting right outside. And those kids clearly weren't going anywhere. Uh I also thought that the um, as far as the brother sister dynamic, I know that you guys said that some of that stuff was a little weird, but 
I thought that the brother-sister dynamic was good. And the whole Yabo bit, I mean, to me, that is just a typical scene of where you have an older sibling and a younger sibling, and the younger sibling is embarrassing the older sibling in front of someone that they like. That That is, this is something that we've seen done a million times, and we know what this is. So whenever she's talking to the girl and she's like, yeah, you got those yabos, I mean, I, I knew what it was. She was feeling, the little sister was feeling a little jealous at that time. Her big brother was taking her out. This was supposed to be her time. And now big brother seems a little preoccupied with some girl that he likes. So little sister's like, man, I'm going to sabotage this a little bit and embarrass him a little bit because this is supposed to be about me. So I think that's really what this is. And this is nothing that we haven't seen a million times done in other movies. So I knew what it was and I ran with it. And I mean, that's another thing about it too. Like all of these scenes were fine. All of these scenes with Binks, the talking cat, like none of these scenes are deal breakers for me. Nothing happened that was so stupid that I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is just unwatchable. Why oh why do people like this movie? Nothing happened like that. Whenever those characters, the 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 big brother and sister and Binks the cat and um, even Billy the zombie who I thought <laughs> was really fun and the few scenes that he had. And again, it was just more situational comedy and him making faces and reacting. So it really was just about that. That's what made these situations funny to me was just the acting and the fun that the actors seem to be having. But, you know, but but back to that thought, all of the human all of the human characters in this all of the other characters with the in those scenes were fine but i had such a better time when the witches were on screen i just think that they had the the screen presence and the improv with some of the stuff sarah jessica parker was doing and just all of those little things and the nuances that they were adding to their acting, I really did have the best time when they were on screen. And everything else that you're watching pretty much is just plot points, right? That That's pretty much what we had whenever the witches weren't on screen. Okay, we've got to protect this book, or oh, we've got to stay out of trouble, guys, or oh, um, you know, it's Binks the Cat trying to get them, trying to keep the kids focused and stop them from making mistakes. But of course, we're going to make a mistake so that we can put the characters in a crisis period. Everything else is just kind of plot points with them. And we get to learn a little bit about them, but not much in terms of development was clever or anything like that. It's really just straightforward plot points. But I think I had a better time whenever the witches were on screen sharing that dynamic uh, with the three of them. And one of the last things I'll say is, Yes, Sterling, I agree that that ending, the the ending sequences with the statue exploding and stuff like that, I guess maybe, yeah, Bette Midler turned into a statue because she was on hollow ground. I guess that's the answer. But at the time when I saw it, it did seem inconsistent because I thought that the other sisters were actually going to turn into statues, too. And when they didn't, I was like, uh, why did that happen? So, yeah, I get your point with that. It did kind of seem a little uh weird with the um 
with the explosions and stuff like that. So, yeah, that did seem a little um, inconsistent. And finally, Heather, yeah, I agree that the ending was a little weird for this. Like, uh, like, yeah, whenever that ending happens and... um, Binks turns into a human and then the sister comes and they're just kind of together. I get it. I mean, they did explain earlier and he was like, you know, I failed to protect my sister back then and I just want to leave this earth and be able to share it with my sister and everything. But yeah, it was just kind of weird how that happened and then she just walked up. So yeah, there was something I don't know what it needed there. Maybe if she was in the sky and you see uh, Binks in his human form uh, uh, headed up to the sky to meet her or what about his other family I get that you loved your sister but I mean did it make sense for any of the other family members not to be there you know how come they all couldn't have been standing there and then with the sister and he runs up hugs the sister and they have a moment and then he waves off to the other people but yeah it was just kind of weird that it was just her maybe that was it it was just her and then the the virgin line did seem a little out of place at the in. So yeah, all in all though, man, uh, this movie was fine. I don't think I will ever be in the camp of people that are like, oh yeah, this is just a must-see Halloween classic movie of the century. I may not be in that camp, but you know, if somebody brings this up in conversation or something like that and they're talking about Hocus Pocus and they really liked it, I'll be like, yeah, man, I get it. Yeah, I like the witches. They were cool. I enjoyed the movie. It was all right. Yeah, you know, and I'll shake my head and kind of agree with them that I enjoyed the movie and then we will move on to the next subject and I am pretty sure that is how that conversation will go. So, yeah, that's all from me. I mean, if you say so, I just know for a lot of people, (laughs) this is like this is legendary must watch iconic Halloween. Like this is it for so many people. Yeah, I don't see that every year. They're watching this shit in October. They're doing like 31 days of Hocus Pocus, and I do not understand it whatsoever. That's a lot. I kind of feel if we had done like the ask the Cine fans what their essentials were now in the month of October, this would have been on that list. Oh, I almost can guarantee it because it's like everybody forgets about it until October. And then all of a sudden Hocus Pocus is their favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But those, some of those people are tripping too in the comments. Like I looked over some of the comments because I think it's interesting to also point out that like the, the critic score is closer to you guys. I mean, it's barely like 30 something, 40 something. I'm seeing a lot of like 40%, 50% stuff like that. But with fans, it's 70. And when you look at some of those fan comments and reviews and stuff, they're like, oh, this is the best movie ever. And I'm like, okay, y'all are tripping. Y'all don't lie like that. Don't just lie. <laughs> you know, this is not the best movie. Come on, man. Come on, you know, it's not the best movie. Yeah, so they're tripping with some of that stuff. But, you know, eh, what you going to do? But but to Heather's point, Heather made a good point earlier. I think there are a lot of movies like this, though. They're not really like the best movies quality or story wise, but they just have iconic performances that. They they have some memorable characters, some memorable lines, iconic performances that 
catapult them to something just beyond the movie's plot or the 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 movie's content. There are a lot of movies like that, and I think this is just one of them. I don't I don't see any of that. <laughs> and to answer the question about why she turned to stone, I was kind of looking it up, and it is because she was on um like sacred holy ground. That's why she turned to stone. Oh, okay. Oh, so it was the five second rule because she got to crawl on <laughs> consecrated ground. Like she fell and hit the ground, lied there for like thirty minutes. Then like crawled towards him, mm-hmm. grabbed him, picked him up, kept sucking his soul out, and then turned to stone. Like that's just such a like I understand they wanted more action to happen, but if you want there to be an actual consequence of touching consecrated ground, you can't have the convenient magical delay of the hey, you fell on consecrated ground, you better get off, or maybe something bad will happen. And then when she didn't get off, go, come on, you know, you can't do it. And then still wait longer and then go, fine, I guess we'll punish you now because of magic. It's just way too convenient for that to be a main point and it then be so delayed. Right. But I feel like my score was way too high. Now that I've like talked about it more, (laughs) I feel like my score is just way too high. I feel like that's my generous and understanding score when my like heart it's like a 15. They <laughs> just don't really like it. I don't like that sing part, like that sing song part. I don't like them. Like I said, once again, it's them mix. Like it's the whole like mix match of, oh, we're so scared of modern times or we don't understand modern times, but we sure as fuck know how to sing this song. And we right. know how to sure as fuck sing into a microphone in harmonies and shit. Exactly. And you know that they had that in there just because they wanted Bette Midler to sing. I actually saw something that apparently that wasn't even supposed to be a scene in the movie originally. And then one of the writers, I guess, wanted to add it in. But yeah, they yeah just it got Bette added Midler with Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's solely it, which I mean, I guess she's not that good of a singer. So <laughs> I'm never just like, oh, my God, I need to hear some Bette Midler sing. Right. She's fine. Don't get me wrong. I like her singing more in First Wives Club than I do this movie. But then the First Wives Club has Goldie Hawn, so that's like, ugh. <laughs> it's just, it's lose-lose in both cases for me. <laughs> but anything else, guys? Not from me. Nope. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Simulators Podcast. Check us out at www.simulators.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we are both tw- cinema underscore slayers. I almost said Twitter again. Um, it's a long episode. Happy Halloween. Remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. I like the girls with the yabos and the bomb. The yabos and the bomb. The yabos and the bomb. I like the girls with the yabos and the bomb. 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 <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> the yabos. This movie oh, no. might have broke Justin. <laughs>